Hi, and welcome to a Way World Outreach Sermon. Here at The Way, we believe that God's Word is going to transform your life. Now let's get ready for this week's Word. Amen. Only God, amen. Only God. God is the only person that has a resume. It's too long to be introduced. Amen. Without God, without Jesus Christ, this room will be empty. Everybody here is a living testimony of the mercy, the goodness of who he is. Amen. So I, I, just, I just want to do something quick. I want to do something quick. I want to thank the pastors, the leaders of this house, the workers, everybody that really made this opportunity happen. You know, it takes a team to win a championship. You with me? That's why this, this ministry has been so blessed. Because the kingdom, when you kingdom, when you kingdom minded, my mic is kind of high. When you can't, I'm Puerto Rican, I speak loud, I don't need a loud mic. <laughs> Believe me. So, so when, you, when you kingdom minded, you work as a team. Things happen, things move, things operate in the spirit realm. We, we dismantle, we uproot, we destroy because we work as a team. Because you see, the, the devil is afraid of few things, and I'll talk to you about it tonight, but one of the things he's afraid of is unity. <laughs> unity. Unity. Unity brings chaos into the devil's kingdom. Unity confuses the devil. See, that's why a house, in this, a house that doesn't have unity can never be blessed. Even if you live by yourself, you still have to have unity in your house. Practice unity, because unity, two, two, two people can walk together. We can command a blessing. There's power in unity. That's why, that's why today the church is divided. The church at large is divided because they're building the kingdom within themselves. They're not building without. That's what pastor, because you see, he can put stuff up here. He's not ashamed because, you see, it takes, a, it takes God to use a man to bring a vision. And all this stuff was created in the spirit realm before it happened in the natural. Amen? So I, I want to, I want to, just, I just want to, before I get into, I just want to pray tonight. And I just, I was, everywhere I go, I say this, if there's any witches in the house, you picked the wrong church. That's simple. You picked the wrong church. I tell you, any witches in the house, any warlocks in the house, any pretitas in the house, any, any paletos in the house. I'll give you five minutes. I'll give you five minutes because you got 60 seconds to leave the building. You see, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of witchcraft. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid that you're gonna that you you're gonna kill some chickens and put my name on it. Matter of fact, I'll give you the recipe. Because no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. You're wasting your time. Because what God has blessed, you can't curse. I'm living in the wild side. I'm like Tupac. West Coast, baby. Come on, West Coast. Let me hear it. Hear it for Jesus. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
today we, we are standing in the third heaven with Jesus Christ. We are, we are prepared today in the name of Jesus to break, dismantle, uproot every demonic generation of curse, every, every setback. Every demonic stronghold, Father, anything that's stopping me from your best in the name of Jesus Christ has to fall tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we release angels from Michael's quarter to destroy, to dismantle, to uproot everything in this region. Father God, everything in our household, everything in our families, Father God. Father, everything in our workplaces in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, you promise in your word, you say in Psalms 23, 5, that you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. So, Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the untouchable, the unmatchable, the unmovable name of Jesus Christ. Father, we serve a mighty God. We sit in the heavens of the highest of the heavens. Father, no weapon, nothing, nothing could destroy or nothing could rip me out of your hands because I serve an awesome and a mighty God. You can be seated in the presence of an awesome God. Come on, people. Give Jesus a clap. Amen. We're going to rumble tonight. We ain't taking no prisoners. Amen? I, I just want to thank all my brothers and sisters that came out tonight. I'm very touched, very touched by my brothers and sisters coming out and really believing and understanding. And thank, I am very grateful because, you see, the day I can be truth for Jesus, the day I can minister to people, and bring truth, then I'd rather stay home. I, I got a CDL license. I can go drive a truck somewhere. The day I'm on a con I see, I, I, believe, I believe that the biggest witchcraft in the church is the spirit of compromise. Sometimes people looking for Jezebel, and Jezebel's home sleeping. <laughs> I want to thank my personal brothers and sisters that came up. They're sitting on the guest row here. All my brothers and sisters here, they're here. Awesome. My brother Mike, my brother Mike just got married. He just got married, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank the pastors from Oceanside for coming. I am blessed beyond blessed. I sometimes I pinch myself because I'm living the dream. Amen. You know, I, I want to talk to you tonight. I just want to say some simple things tonight. One of the things that really we talk like the devil is destined to win. We speak like the devil is destined to win. And, and, and the amazing thing is that Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59, 19 said that the devil comes to flood, but God will always raise up a standard. And the standard that I believe that Isaiah was talking about, because Isaiah, they said he was the eagle, eagle eyed prophet. Isaiah was so awesome in his time. Isaiah was so awesome in his time that he said he saw the crucifixion 800 years before it happened. Read Isaiah 53. So when, 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 when I believe, I believe that when the devil comes as a flood, the standard that God raises up is a cross, the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. And the devil knows that when, when, you, when the cross is lifted, he has to, all the only thing the devil has to do is he has to bend his knee. Understand? So we need to come to a place and understand who we are in Christ. Are you facing your demons? Are you facing the devils that are attacking you? Are you facing your trials and your tribulation? Are you facing this situation with courage? Because the church has lost its courage. 
The church has lost its courage. The church has lost its zeal. The church has lost his zeal. We don't even preach Jesus anymore. We preach New Age. That's okay. We, we, preach, we preach New Age. You know, it's amazing that God, in the, in the, in the, in the, God told the armies of Israel, even Joshua, be courageous. I am with you. How often, if God is the same yesterday, today, forevermore, every time I have a battle, every time I have a circumstance, every time I have a situation, God always tell me, John, be courageous. I'm with you. And the God that, the God that delivered me last year, he's the same this year. So I ain't going to worry about that. You see, I got the poor mentality. There's, a, there's always an 1159 in my life. So we, we, we have come to a place. We have come to a place that the church, see, the devil understands two things. If he can take your zeal and your passion for Jesus Christ, you got nothing. So the devil, the first thing he does is take your zeal and your passion for the cross, for Jesus Christ, and you stop coming to church. And you forfeit your purpose and your destiny. Because without a passion and a zeal, you can't build nothing for the kingdom. That's why pastor and his brother here, both pastors, they were able to build this because they have a passion and a zeal, and they was more determined than the devil. It wasn't easy, people, knocking on people's doors. Trust me. Ask the Jehovah Witness. If you want to be Jehovah Witness, they take you to Home Depot, they train you in the, in the door section. <laughs> So the devil's mission, the devil's mission, the devil's purpose to steal, not even to kill, steal, and destroy, because before I can kill, steal, and destroy, I have to steal something from you. I have to steal your peace. I have to steal your joy. I have to steal your zeal. I have to steal, I have to come in and take even your mind and your thoughts, because the mind of Christ, the devil understands that he needs to fragment it. A fragmented mind is a, a spiritual bipolar mind. So we come to a place, you know, we up and down. We, 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 we up and down. It's like, the, it's like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. It's an amazing woman at the well. Now, John chapter 4 is one of the most amazing chapters in, in all the four gospels because Jesus come to the well. You know the story, right? Jesus come to the well and speak to this woman. And this woman had a, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing because, it, first of all, the woman back in those days, they, you know, they didn't have priority. And Jesus talking to Samaritan woman, that was like, Two strikes. It's like Jesus talking to a Puerto Rican that day. We'll keep it there. <laughs> so Jesus talking to this woman at the well, and it's an amazing thing that Jesus didn't even never called her, he never called her sin out. And the woman came to the well. I mean, the amazing thing that the woman came to the well, right? Not even knowing that she was thirsty. And Jesus put away his thirst to take care of hers. So Jesus put away his thirst to take care of hers because she was spiritually thirsty. And many of us, many of us walking spiritually thirsty, dehydrated, because we have allowed the enemy to steal your day, to steal your joy, to steal your week. If I've been with Jesus, who are you? To steal your prayer closet? To fragment you? To dismantle you? To put chaos in your house, in your order. There's no order. There's no chaos. 
And then, and then, then, then all we do is, as a believers, all we do is complain about the devil's doing it, the devil's doing that, the devil's stealing my job, the devil's stealing my home, the devil's stealing my marriage, the devil's stealing my kids. But what are you doing to the devil? What are you doing to the devil? Because sometimes I hear people saying, they ask people, David Wilkinson did a survey one time. He, he asked the people, what, your, what, what is your church doing for you? And many people got up and said, nothing. And, and he turned around, he said, what are you doing for your church? Everybody sat down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we got that gimme, gimme mentality. That's why, that's why Christian TV doesn't have no weight. And I have no problem with Christian TV. You know, I thank God for TBN. I thank God for Daystar. I thank God for Sid Roth. I thank God for Madeline Hickey. We were having a great conversation. I thank God for these people. But Paul said that if they preach any other gospel than the gospel I preach, let them be cursed. So when they preach on TV another gospel, you are, you are, you are intertwining yourself with a curse. It, 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 you, know what was the, you know what was the most demonic show on TV and people don't know about it? See, because the devil, the devil is the god of this world. He used TV. He used media to entertain you. He used things to rob you, to steal you, to steal your day, because you'll never get that day back. That's why they say the devil's, the devil's a liar. He's a master thief. The devil, the devil's, the devil's a master. You know, we, we sometimes we go around try to protect our credit cards, right? We protect our credit cards more than we protect our identity, because the devil has stole your identity. You don't even know about it. That's okay. I know. You can say hallelujah later, or you can say ouch now. One or the other. I'm leaving, I'm leaving tomorrow, so I don't really care. <laughs> I tell you truth. I tell you, because the truth will set you free. You might be mad at me, but you're going to make heaven. Amen? Come on, people. Truth, genuine, being real. Shit. Telling me, tell me about it, tell me about it. I don't care, I get mad at you, but I'm making heaven. David Wilkinson used to preach. David Wilkinson used to preach, and, and people used to walk out the church. People would walk out the church, and David Wilkinson said, hey, you already heard the message, I don't care, leave. David Wilkinson used to preach about homosexuality, right? Preach, and he make an altar call. I used to go up to the altar call just in case, you never know. I'm not a homosexual, I'm not Ricky, believe me. I, I'm just saying, just in case something jumps on you, you got to protect the house. You got to protect, because you never know what the devil's going to hit you with. I might, I, might be, I might be coming out and shopping for something. Tomorrow I'm shopping for a pocketbook. No. We got to be, you know, you got to be armed and dangerous. You have to protect all aspects of who God invested in you. I don't care. I went to every altar call. I was in every altar call. I didn't care. I didn't care because you know what? I understand the, I understand the schemes and the wiles of the enemy. The devil would tempt you with something later on that you realize because you didn't guard yourself with it. See, the devil understand that he knows that he, and the devil understand that it, you see, the devil understand that they, they, there's patterns and cycles in his kingdom. And he understand that he put Christians on, like, like the hamster on the wheel. Like the hamster on the wheel. We're on the hamster on the wheel. We're turning, we're turning, we're moving, we're going, and we ain't going nowhere. No progress, no nothing. No, no, no progress, no fruit, no nothing. That's why the book, of, the book of Numbers is the most scariest book in the Bible. People said the book of Revelation. I said, well, you don't know how to read your Bible. Because the book of Revelation, I win, I go home. Think about it. Book of Revelation, I go home. I'm, I'm good to go. 
I mean, I don't know what's picking me up, a limo or something picking me up, but I'm going. Even if I have to go in the trunk of the car, I'm going to stay here for seven more years. I mean, I, 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 Pastor, I, I cut chicken's head off for a long time, for 25 years. And when you cut something head off, it doesn't look pretty. I ain't nobody going to cut my head off. Because there's a seven year, those, those seven years, it's going to be hell on earth. And the devil is going to bring the fight to the church like they've never seen it before. And the church haven't even got the memo. Oh, we're preaching happy, happy, happy thoughts, happy feelings, goosebumps, goosebumps, goosebumps. And my house is falling apart. Happy thoughts. You grab me, I grab you. You happy, I'm happy, and we all going to heaven. That's a fight in the spirit round. That's a fight here to fight. Jesus said, Jesus said, upon this rock, I built my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's what Jesus said. Amen? I'm just quoting, I'm just quoting what Jesus said. Jesus said, it, he said, upon you and me, I built my church. Ain't talking about Peter. Peter's gone. Peter had his moment. Paul had his moment. Oh, Esther had her moment. Now it's our turn. What are you doing for Jesus? Now it's our turn. You know, you know I, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, amen? What are you doing for Jesus? I, I, pastor say, it's better to give. I give it all. See, if you don't give it all, you will never have it all in Jesus. And the devil understands, the devil wants you to keep things behind. Like Sapphira and Nara, they kept things behind. And what happened? They got cursed. They died. What are you holding back? What are you holding back? You can't, you can't come and give God your Ishmael when he's asking, he's asking for your Isaac. Think about it. Take the Ishmael, Lord. No, he wants your Isaac. So, 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 so one of the, the most demonic shows on TV was I've loved Lucy. I've loved Lucy, Ricky Ricardo was a Santero, straight from Cuba. And Ricky Ricardo used to sing the song, Babalu Aye. And we used to sing that song like it was like, you know, it was like salsa night. And Babalu Aye is a principality. And we ushered a devil into our house by singing the song because whatever you chant to, becomes your God. Don't be surprised. You can renounce Ricky later. <laughs> so so I, I want to say something to you that, you know, God is a moving God. God is a God that he's moving. He, he's always on the move. God's character never changed. We know that part, but he's a moving God. Understand? That's why I, in the book, in the, in the Bible, you see, you see Lot leaving out, you see Lot leaving out of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You see Lot. That's what the Bible says. Renew your mind daily because you see, you see the actions of, of Lot moving out to a place of safety, a place of, of, of victory. But his wife, his wife comes out with him. Even the Bible don't even mention her name. Comes out with him. But her situation was that the reason she looked back because her mind was, her body was up, but her mind was stuck. And many Christians are walking, walking, coming to church, but your mind is stuck. Your mind is paralyzed. You can't think forward. You don't have forward thinking because the devil has robbed your thoughts, your mind. 
Understand? So that's why the Bible said renew your mind daily. That's why the scariest book in the Bible is the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers is a generation of people, a church, of three, a three million large, a church, a generation of people that really actually, this generation of people in the book of Numbers, they started in one location. They started in one place in 40 years. They were still in the same place. And many Christians are coming to church, coming to church and doing this, doing this, but no spiritual growth. Spiritual bondage, strongholds, no spiritual growth. And this, this church started 40 years, 40 years in the, in the place, 40 years later, in the same location, in the same location. They grew old, but they never grew up. In the church today, we stuck. We're in a place, we're in a place that think that Christianity, we think that God is a pimp. We play the cross down. I will preach the cross until the day God called me home. The cross will never go out of style. Redemption, purpose, destiny, sacrifice. I'm excited by Jesus every day. Every day, I'm excited by Jesus. When I went to bankruptcy, when I went to bankruptcy, when I went to bankruptcy, I went to a bankruptcy court because Christians robbed me. So I had to go to bank in 2014. I had to go to bankruptcy. I was still blessed. I still went to bank, I, and you know my brother called me. My brother called me. He said, I heard them dudes robbed you, man. My brother did 15 years in the joint. <laughs> 15 years, I heard they robbed you, man. What you wanna do? <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, I got my homies right here, right now. My brother was down with the Latin King, the Bloods, all these people, I got my homies right now. We got the church address. We're going over there, pull them out, beat them down, and put them on the cell phone so you can hear them scream. I was looking for a scripture. <laughs> I was looking for a scripture, man. I went from Genesis to Revelation looking for a scripture. I was like, Lord, give me one, give me one. And the closest I want, the closest I got, vengeance is the Lord. I said, well, I guess he's using my brother. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, if I've forgiven you much, if I've forgiven you much, why can't you forgive? If I put you in that situation, John, could I trust you in the situation I put you in? Come on, people. See, you see, we can all talk about this. We can talk about that, my sister. But when the tests show up, what are you going to do? When the tests show up. Even, even when I lost my eyesight in 2000, I lost my eyesight in 1997. In 1997, and today my brother speaks to me. He speaks to me today. He tells me, you know what? You ministered to me because some other person, some other people would have turned around and would have said yes. And you said no. I know God is with you. See, in the time of your crisis, in the time of your dilemma, in your time of situation, you have two choices. You're going to glorify God you're going to glorify the devil. You're going to glorify somebody. And man, you're going to glorify somebody. Someone's going to get glory out of your situation, out of your decision. Someone's going to, either you glorify God, your situation is going to bring circumstance and consequences. Understand? So we need to understand. We need to come to a place that, you know, I'm, you know, I always pray. My prayer, my prayer, my prayer with the Lord is, Lord, make me balance. Make me balance. Because I don't want to have no religious devil. That's the worst devil you can fight, a religious demon. And we got plenty in the church. Especially in his parents' church. Everybody's religious, his parents' church. His parents' church, bunch of devils in there. I don't mean preaching Spanish churches. You, 
Puerto Rico call me, I hang up. I said, when you get rid of your devils, then you call me. True. You're damaging the people. You know, Pastor, I'll tell you one quick story. I was, I, was, I was a young Christian, young believer. I still consider myself a young believer. I'm still walking with Christ almost like 19, by 99. I don't do the math. <laughs> Let me get my iPhone. I'll get the calculator. Tell you, tell you what's going on. You know, listen, people, I had an A in lunch and an A in gym. The rest, you don't want to know about. <laughs> I was a superstar in gym, and I was a superstar in lunch. I was selling lunch tickets like crazy. The rest of my report card, they have red. And I'm not talking about the blood of Jesus either. Could God, could God trust you in this situation you're in? Are we going to be... Are we going to be just be Christians that are complaining and murmuring and lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of belief? Who you want to be? How you want to finish your race? How you want to finish your race? You know, when, before I die, before I go home with the Lord, my last book is going to be called The Winter of My Life. That's the title of my last book. And it's going to speak about the journey and the inheritance that I leave behind to my daughter. Because, you see, someone has to pass the baton. Because if I took the rock and threw it 150 feet, I expect my daughter to throw it 300 feet. Because I'm investing in her. My prayers, my prayers, my seeking, and praying, and praying, and praying, and praying. You see, that's one of the things that I love about Abraham. Abraham thought generational. He said, Lord, I got all this, but I don't have a child. How are we thinking in the church today? How are we moving in the church today? Are we like me, 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 gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy? Are we that? Because, you see, when you, while you're complaining, you're wasting your time when you should have been praying. When you, when you see, I was telling Pastor, I was telling Pastor today, when you, when, when you talk too much about your problem, you magnify, you magnify and maximize your problem and you minimize God. So in my circumstance, in my circumstance, my situation, I don't even talk about my problem. I don't even mention my problem. I know they're there, but I don't do nothing about them. You know why? Because I know that if I magnify God, my problems will be eliminated. You see, we, we need to come to a place. Amen? We need to come to a place. Either what you're going to do with your mouth, speak life or death. Are you going to speak life or death? Because you see, the devil understands. I knew, which, when I knew witchcraft, I knew to assign a demon to your words. Because your words will bring either life or death. Which one are you going to speak? Because if you speak death, and then I got legal rights over your life. And then you have to renounce, you have to break, you have to uproot the words that you were speaking because you spoke into the atmosphere and you came in agreement with the demon that been chasing you. And we understand that whatever you come out of your mouth, you become. Whatever you speak, it'll be part, it'll be part of your fabric of your spiritual DNA. The devil understands that whatever you speak, he can hold you accountable to it. 
So even when I was blind, in 1997, I lost my vision for one year. Check this out, because I wanted a sabbatical from witchcraft. The devil took my eyesight. I was registered with the commission of blind. They wanted to assign me to a, to a dog, whatever, teach me how to walk with a dog. I said, get out of here. I'm not walking with that. It took, <laughs> I, I love dogs, by the way. Don't, don't, don't be offended. Have any dog activists up in here? <laughs> don't, send me no, don't send me no emails. <laughs> so, when I dedicated my life back to the devil, one year later, my eyesight came back. Check this out. My eyesight came back. In 2002, I became a Christian in 1999. I went to hell and came back. Hell's a real place. Hell, you know what hell means? The absence of God. And it's amazing because if it's the absence of God, God is omnipresent. Think about it. And like, like Bill Weiser said, hell is so real that even the darkness, the darkness is alive. It's like a human being. The darkness in hell is like a human being. Even the ground in hell, when you walk, when I, get off, when I got off that crazy train, I started to walk, the, the ground in hell breathes. And then when fear jumps on you in hell, when fear jumps on you in hell and it grabs you, it's like wearing a coat. You can't take it off. It becomes human. It becomes alive. It, comes, it wraps around you like, 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 like a... Python, and you can't shake it off. It's like it's not like when you're driving and someone cuts you off, and you jump in fear and you like shake it off. No, this, this thing can stay on you. It's a place that breathes alive. And all you hear in the background these wailing, these noises that you don't hear on the earth. It's a place that you can't see the hand. And then there's different tunnels in hell. Different tunnels in hell. It, it, different tunnels in hell. And as you walk, and the first thing the human being says when they get to hell, I don't belong here because God never created you to be there anyway. The first thing come out of your mouth, I don't care how devil you are, the first thing you come out besides crying for mama is, I don't belong here. Because God never destined you to be there. But, and, people, and people got the audacity to say, well, well Jesus, and, Jesus don't send no one to hell. And you're right about that. Jesus, everyone, everyone that is in hell today, Jesus never sent them there. Your decision's there. Your decisions there. The reason, the reason between the man in the, the man in the, uh, the man in the gutter and the man in the penthouse about the decisions they make. What decision are you gonna make tonight? Are you going over Jesus? Or are you gonna stay lukewarm? Because you think you think God is a grace of credit card that you can pull it out and pay the bill, pay your sin. Oh, grace will cover me. Grace will cover me. Grace are coming because the devil has stolen your mind, your thoughts. And the devil understand now you're thinking, now you, you're not even thinking. You created a Jesus in your mind that's not even the real Jesus in the Bible. To satisfy, to, to indulge in your sin and your, your passion and your wickedness. And you created a Jesus that is not even the one in the Bible. Jesus is grace. Jesus is mercy. Yeah, to the, he's mercy to the genuine Christian, not to the phony one. That's okay. I can do Joe Osteen if you want me to. I can preach you happy if you want. I can make you diabetic, spiritual diabetic. I can, I can, I can give you. <laughs> see, I'm not afraid to speak truth. You know why? Because you see, you know why I'm not afraid to speak truth? I'm not going, you know why I'm not afraid to speak truth? Because I'm not going to mess around with your eternity to make money. I'm not going to mess around with your attorney to make money. Either you run to the altar or you run out the building, but something's going to happen. 
You know, I'm not going to mess around with your eternity because you're not going to go to hell on my account. Not on my watch. So today, the church has, the church allowed the world to come into the church. We allow the word to come into the church today. We, it, I remember when Wilkinson used to preach, he preached stuff that would shake you to the core. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wanted that. I needed that. I, I, I want substance. I want truth. I, I, want, I, want, I want depths. I want deeps calls to deep. I don't want to be a surviving Christian. I could stay in the world. I was dancing Ricky Martin. I was dancing Jennifer Lopez. I was dancing... Uh, uh, you know, Ricky Ricardo, I would drink, in, 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 in Cinco de Mayo, I was Mexican, I drank all the Coronas, uh, whatever thing, I was Dominican, I was Puerto Rican, I was Jamaican, when Jamaican Day came around, I, I was Jamaican, I danced reggae, I danced to the commercials. I was in every, I was in every VIP list in all the clubs in New York City, because I used to tell them, if you don't put me in your VIP list, I'll kill your mother, a witchcraft. Okay, we'll put you on. I will ask your project and curse your club. You will have, you'll be bankrupt after I'm done with your club. The 30 days, I shut down your club. If I was able to shut down churches, I'm able to shut down your club because the devil is going to favor me, not you. I was so connected with the devil. I was so connected with the devil that one time they had a demonic meeting. I used to step all night long and talk to the devil face to face like I see you. All night long. When meanwhile, you can't do two-hour church. Pastor, you got the Bengay? You got the Icy Hot, the Bengay? Okay, we got it. <laughs> when you can't do two-hour church, I was doing devil all night long from 7 in the morning to 5 in the morning, 7 in the, mo 7 in the evening to 5 in the morning, praying, seeking strategies, methods to destroy, to conquer, to take away from the church. When the church was sleeping home, I was doing witchcraft. And when the church was at the mall, on, on December, the witches was preparing for January. I'm going I'm to go take a picture of Santa Claus at the mall. We were preparing. We were ushering one principality out of one region to another to switch the game on you. In December, we didn't worry about shopping. We were doing recipes, and we were getting recipes from demons to take over territories. When the church was, what size he is? He's a large or he's a medium? <laughs> the biggest two witchcraft, the biggest two months of witchcraft in the year is October and December. October because it's devil worshiping month, and December because you have to usher the principality that ran that region. You have to usher them out to bring a new one in, whether it's a marine spirit, whether it's a principality running the second and first heaven. You have to make a pact. You have to make. You have to make sacrifices and do things and do things and sacrifices and cleansing and ceremony to, to usher to bring in a new one to release the old one so you can have favor. So Christians came up to me and say, "I I take you on spiritual warfare." I said, "I eat your lunch." You're gonna take me on on spiritual warfare? It's not because your God was weak. It's because the vessel was weak that was coming up against me. What you gonna bring? Jesus loved me. I told you so. That ain't going to help you. I'm going to open up a can of whipping on you. 
So, so, so how, is it, how is it that the church at large, we are asleep, we are asleep, we are asleep. We, we, we allow the word to come into the church. We're not preaching. We're not even, we, we have bent our knee to the systems of the world. We have been, you, you see the church in China, an amazing church in China, the underground church sold out for Jesus Christ. You see the church in North Korea sold out for Jesus Christ. You see the Nigerian church getting killed and burned to death and blown up, sold out for Jesus Christ. Got news for you, that stuff is coming this way. Believe me, we're going to be challenged too. So don't drink the Kool-Aid. You be rich, I be rich. The garbage they feed you on TV. I'm prepared for the battle. I'm prepared for the fight. I'm going to bring it to the devil. I'm going to bring it to the devil. John Ramirez, John Ramirez, a spiritual sniper for Jesus Christ. I'm a spiritual sniper for Jesus Christ. I am special ops. That's right. You bring the witch, I bring, I bring my arsenal. You bring your witchcraft, I bring my arsenals. Trust me. I was in the Caribbean, I was in the Caribbean, I was in St. Croix in the Caribbean, and I was doing an altar call, and the altar was packed, and I'm in the Caribbean, and then oh, beautiful St. Croix, I was there, and the witch came up from St. Croix, that's the biggest witch in the town, he came up to the meeting, he came up face to face, right in front of me, like right here in the meeting, I was right here, he came up right there, you know, big tall black guy, he came up to me, he pointed finger in his face, he said, I'm the witch from St. Croix, I came to destroy you. Dude, I'm the church of Jesus Christ. You sure? <laughs> hey, are you sure? You ain't moving me. You're not gonna because you see what he did that for shock effects because he understood that if he if he can get into my mind, whoever takes the territory first. It's about territory. With the territory in your mind, geographic territory, spiritual territory, the enemy knows to move you. He has to plant something in you to bring doubt. So the witch came up to me, tried to bring doubt and fear. He said, I got you. He said, I got to destroy you. This is my town. This is my territory. I said, not, not no more. Not no more. And then I said to the witch, did you bring? See, I don't talk like a Christian. I don't have a PhD. And then wrong with a PhD. If you get one, more power to you. I think you should get one. If, you, if God put that in your heart. Ain't nothing wrong with education. I pushed my daughter to the limit. She got a bachelor's degree in psychology. I pushed her to the limit. She tried to use that stuff on me. I said, I got the Holy Spirit, baby. That stuff don't work. Stuff don't, I got Holy Spirit, baby. Before you make the move, I already know what you're going to come. I got the sermon. We have, we, even the church has lost its discernment. Because, you see, if you can discern, you can tell the difference between the wolf and the sheep. You can tell the difference between the wolf and the sheep with discernment because the wolf, even though dressed like sheep clothing, you can identify the footprint. You want know I me? Mean? You can identify the footprint because the, you can't change the footprints on the wolf. I don't care how you dress them up. Discernment. Discernment, you can see the devil from around the block. Discernment. I pray, for keys of, I pray for the keys of the kingdom. Lord, increase my faith, increase my discernment. Lord, smash my unbelief. The keys of the kingdom, the currency of the kingdom, 
It's faith. Lord, increase my faith. I put my faith to exercise. Lord, Lord, increase my discernment. Increase my word of word of uh, 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 increase word of knowledge in my life. I don't let people prophesy to me. When you come prophesy to me, I don't receive it. I take it to God first. Let Him check it out. I don't know if you're an undercover witch, and you're coming to prophesy to me, and you're going to plant your garbage in good ground. You prophesy, oh, I, I got a prophecy. You say it, baby, but I ain't going to take it. I'm going to bring it to the altar and check it out, find out if it's real. Because if it ain't real, Holy Spirit going to burn it. <laughs> burn it to the ground. Baby, you ain't putting that stuff on me. You crazy? I did 25 years of witchcraft. I, there's more Christian witchcraft in the church than in the world. Because we're in love with the gift, but we're not in love with the gift giver. We're in love with the gifts. We can't tell who's running the gifts because we have no discernment. The witch shows up and tell you, I got a word from God. I know your social security number. And you're already falling in. Oh. And melting in your pants because he got your social security number. God don't need your social security number. He's going to put you on his taxes. How foolish are we? How foolish are we to buy into this? You better come with the real deal. Because I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been there, done that, and I got the T-shirt. I know witchcraft from my mile away. Whether you dress up with Christian clothes or you dress it up. Like I was telling pastor, when the devil comes as an angel of light, the reason he comes, he come, when the devil comes as an angel of light, the reason he stays at a distance, he never come up close because he shines from a distance as an angel of light. And when he shines at the distance from an angel of light, I was telling pastor, he's like a Monet. If you know art, if you go to, a, I, I love art. I love art, I love Picasso, I love Monet, I love Jackson Pollock, I love Rainbars, I'm, I, I love all these paintings, man. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm like this Puerto Rican, but I got like a white person in me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love art, man. I, I, can, I can tell you stuff about art, man, it'll blow your mind, right? I mean, I can tell you stuff about artwork, artwork. I, I did artwork for three years. I, I, I carry paintings, you know, Rembrandt, Monet's, Jackson Pollock's. I carry Picasso's. I carry paintings from, from uh, I, mean, I mean, I can name names after name. But what I'm saying is a Monet is a painting that from far looks like a masterpiece, but from close it looks like a mess. And the devil from far, he looks like an angel of light, but when he come up close, you can see his filthy garment because he fell out of heaven. I leave you with this, man. Today, we, we have been, the, we have been, we have been, the, the church has been called to, to bring the gospel to the world. The church has been called to win souls. The church has been called to baptize. That's what's amazing, this church, the baptism, the people that are coming, the people that are being transformed. Christ is in the business of transforming people. That's the reason I'm holding this mic today. Understand, Christ is in the business of transforming people. Because God gives glory when he can take a great mess and turn it into a great masterpiece. And today, we have, we have bowed our knee to the world. Today, we can't preach the truth because it's hate. We can't preach the truth because it's hate. We can't preach because because. It, it, it is, it, it, it is judgment. You're judging me, pastor. Why are you preaching that? You let, let the pastor judge you instead of God judging you later. Let the word check you. Let the word examine you. 
before it's too late later. Because right now, people are saying, oh, you're preaching hate. You're preaching, you're preaching gloom and doom. You're hurting my ears, pastor. That's why Hillsong don't work. That's all right. You, you know, it, it don't work. You know why it don't work? Because they're preaching a soft, a, a candy cane gospel. They're preaching. They take all these young people in New York City. And New York City is full with the Hillsong people. And the, the, the situation is there's no transformation. You see the young people on the screen? You can see it in their face. Transformed. Sold out for Jesus Christ. It's not a show. It's an event of an encounter with the living God. That's why you see the people up there. It's not, they're not giving you a show. They're not, try, they're not trying to convince you. If you know, if you can see in the spirit realm, when they're up there and you saw the commercial, I said, that, that brother been touched. That sister been touched. So today we like, don't judge me. Well, gee, don't judge me. Today, we blame God for everything, and no one's blaming the devil for anything. We come into a place that time is running out. Time is running out. Time is running out. And I don't want to miss the JC train. I want all. I want the crumbs of the master's table. I don't live in patterns and cycles of the devil. I live free. I don't owe the devil nothing. I owe Jesus everything. Even when the witch from St. Croix showed up, see, I don't speak like a Christian. I'm off the boat. I'm a radical Christian. I'm off the boat. I don't live in the conservative side. I live in the wild side for Jesus. So when the witch showed up and pointed his finger in my face and he said, I came to destroy you, I understood that he would talk about territory. So I said to him, what you say? <laughs> and he said, I came to destroy you. I said, say that again? See, I already knew I had him off balance. So when he came, he said, I came to destroy you. I said, let me ask you a question. And he said, what, what, what do you want to ask me? He was getting heated because I wasn't playing into his game. I was drawing him into my, I was drawing him over to my side. So I said to him, did, did you bring all your weapons with you, all your spiritual arsenal with you? He said, what do you mean? I said, I got you now because you lost your step. See? And then I, I said to him, I'm here for three days. You can come back later if you don't have everything you got. I said, you can come back later if you don't have everything you got. He said, what are you talking about? I got everything. I said, did you got this, this, and this, and that? I said, because I'm here for three days. Because one, I said, I want, and then he said, what do you mean? I said, because in 30 seconds, I'm going to open up a can of whipping on you. I told him. And I wanted to be, a, I don't want you to think it was a fair fight. So I want you to go get your stuff and get you all your arsenals. And whatever principality, whatever, whatever principal is running your region, make contact with him. Because you're going to need it. And he said, you don't speak like a Christian. That's all. At this moment, it's spiritual warfare. There's no rules. There's no rules, baby. There's no rules. That means I have legal rights to open up a can of whipping on you like you never seen it in your lifetime. So you ready? 
He said, I'm ready. I grabbed, I put my hand in the five-fold ministry. I hit him right here. <laughs> that brother dropped. He dropped on the floor. And he started turning to a snake. He started to swerve like a, like a snake. And he was fumbling his mouth. His eyes went back. And all you saw was the white of his eye. That's okay. I'll talk to you later. I pray for a whole bunch of Christians. And Christians said, oh, my God, he's going to die. Are you going to pray for him? I said, not now. Not now. I, 40 minutes. I prayed for all the believers. And then I came back to him. Did you give up? Did you give up? I said, I'll be back. Because, you see, I am the church of Jesus Christ. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm the church of Jesus Christ. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon form against me or you will never, ever, ever prosper. I don't care what you bring, devil. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you got. But it's not what you throw at me. It's not what you throw at me. It's what I do about it. It's what I do about it. That's right. You don't want none of this. See, if I've been with Jesus, who are you? I've seen too much in God to doubt and fear. We need to come to a place, are you sold out? Are you sold out? Are you sold out? I leave you with this message. Holy Spirit, tell me in the hotel, there's people here tonight. And this is for people that are unbelievers, people that are worshiping other gods. And God loves you too much to let you go. God, God loves you too much. I always tell people, if you're serving something else or you're believing in something else, try Jesus for 30 days. Do the Pepsi challenge. If, you, if you're chasing the question mark, you might as well chase the answer. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. My, my question to you tonight, God wants to touch you. You know, I, I was in Queens like three years ago, and I was preaching the gospel in Queens. And I want you to hear me. I just, don't, don't clap. Hit, hit, hit. I just want you to hear this. I was preaching the gospel in Queens, and the lady came up to the altar, and she said, I got four-stage cancer. And she said, I'm going to die. The doctor said, go home and make peace with your family and spend whatever time you got left with your family. And I'm going to die, she said. And I said, okay. And I looked at her deep in her eyes. And I know she wasn't safe. I know she wasn't safe. See, that's why discernment is so valuable in the kingdom. I could discern that she wasn't safe. And I asked her, who you serve? She said, I'm a Muslim. She said, I'm a Muslim. I said, what did your God done for you lately? And she said, nothing. I'm going to die. I said, but you know what? You see, I got childlike faith. I seen too much in God to doubt. I've been blind in 1997, completely blind. One thing is to be born blind. One thing is to become blind. In 2002, I was blind for three months. And you know what's the sad thing about it? That the person that took me home was the same doctor that did the surgery, and no Christian came to pick me up in the hospital. Even Christians betrayed me and stole money in my bank, and I had to declare bankruptcy. I ate more pizza and Chinese food for three years. I was, I, I, listen, I was so connected with the Chinese place 
Then one day I left my $10 home. She said, I know you'll be back. Don't worry about it. Right? And I'm not mocking any nationality. I'm saying this, that I've been in broken places. You could be, you could be, you could be kneeling in the gate called beautiful, like in the, the beggar in the book of Acts in chapter 3, and still be in a broken place, still be in a fragmented place, in a hurting place. And this woman came up to the altar and said, my, I told her, my God can heal you and save you. I told her. And she renounced Islam. She renounced Muhammad. She renounced the Quran. And she accepted Jesus in her heart. And check this out. I came back a year later. The pastor said, come back. I want you to preach. I came back a year later. There was a, there was a woman waiting for me at the door. I ain't know because I've been so many places. I'm just sharing a little moment. That God is the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has a plan for you. If you came here tonight, it wasn't an accident. It's purpose. It's purpose. It's purpose. It's purpose. One thing I tell people, one thing I tell people, my sister, one thing I tell people, I can lose money. I can lose friends. It hurts. I can lose family members. It hurts. I can lose everything. But one thing I learned in the kingdom, I cannot lose God's opportunities in my life. Understand? So this lady, I've come into the church. She's waiting there with a big smile. And she said, remember me? I said, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you. I'm going to say, I remember you. I don't know. I, you know I'm, I'm not going. She said, I'm the lady who was supposed to die six months ago. She said, I went back to the doctors. And she said, and they did test after test. And the doctors couldn't believe it. They couldn't find a trace. <laughs> See? Because prayer works. Your, your divine appointment today. Your divine appointment today, that you're sitting here today doubting and saying, should I come up to the altar? Should I, should, I, should I give Jesus a try? Because, you see, I try everything, but you haven't tried the best. Sometimes you have to leave the best to last. So, I, mean, I try this, I try that, I chant it, I threw myself on the floor, I took a chicken, I went all over like this, and whatever, the, whatever hogwash they do, you know, I did sacrifice, I bought food to my ancestors, I bought food to the gods, I chanted, I burned incense, and nothing is working. I play, I, 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 I grab Buddha, I rub the stomach, and I'm still jacked up. I remember my grandma, my grandma used to rub that Buddha, man, she, she lost her fingerprint, nothing happened. And, and I'm saying to you today, don't lose God's opportunity in your life today. Because tomorrow's not guaranteed to no one. My brother, my brother, my, my, my brother Jimmy, my brother Jimmy, and I said this quick, my brother Jimmy was into witchcraft. He was a homosexual. He was a bisexual. He was a transvestite. And he was married to a real woman. And he had all that stuff going on. But one day he caught a heart attack. And he went to the hospital. And he needed heart surgery. He was 44 years old. Heart surgery. With me? And I went to the hospital, and I went to preach the gospel to him. And he screamed. He said, get out of my room, because we used to fight. I mean, when I was a young Christian, I thought, you know, punches would solve the problem. And we used to go to Thanksgiving. He said, oh, Jesus is gay. And over the table, and my mom looked at me, looked at him, and he said, Jesus is gay, Jesus is homosexual, and the guys he hung out with, they all had a gay party. I said, what you say about my Jesus? And I would go up and I would punch him. Because, you know, I thought I was a young Christian. I thought I had to, you know, protect God. And he'll come back and punch me, and we'll punch each other, man. We was like, we were like, the food went cold. The turkey went cold. My mom said, get out of the house, both of you. Get out. My mom used to throw us out. 
And then next Thanksgiving, come over, my mom said, you come an hour earlier, you come an hour later. <laughs> you see? But my brother, you see, when I got into that room, I talked to my brother. And he was, and it was, it was amazing because he was there with his wife. And he was married to a re regular woman. I mean, think about the, how crazy that was. And I, I, spoke, I spoke the gospel to my brother. And he started to cry. See, because my brother was molested. And my brother went through a lot of drama. And I spoke to God. Only the gospel can heal you and set you free. The gospel is a place that repair the broken places, the fragmented places. See, you, you, so, so, so the, what I'm saying to you today, my brother, then he, when, 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 when he got saved, we would sit in this, you know, this beat up car, because we lived in the ghetto, and we would put the songs, How Great Is Thy God, and we would sing together. And we'll sing that song, you can only imagine. And we'll sing together. And then he said to me, like a, a couple of weeks before his birthday, he said, hey, John, hook me up some CDs. I said, buy them, man, buy the CDs. I was going buy the CDs. He said, no, make me copy. I said, that's bootleg, that's stealing, man. You can't do no bootleg. <laughs> stealing, man, you're stealing people's stuff. He said, make them, I'm doing a party, I'm doing a party. I'm throwing a crazy party. I said, what do you mean you're doing a crazy party? It's a Christian party. I'm gonna invite all my crazy friends. I'm like, dude, you crazy? <laughs> He said, yeah, I'm going to do evangelism party. I'm going to invite all my Christians. My brother got baptized. He went to church. He did discipleship. He said, I'm going to invite all my Christian friends. And I'm like, dude, your friends are homosexual. They're bisexual, transvestites. He had no normal friends. Drug dealers. <laughs> no normal drug dealers. He had, you know, I mean, he had the worst of the worst. I mean, he had girls that looked like men. I mean, you couldn't tell the difference. They're even up close. That's how muscle they were. I said, dude, you, you better have like 911 on your phone. Because when you lock them doors and you start playing how great is that God, them people going to flip on you. They're going <laughs> to, I said, they're going to flip on you and you better have the, the police department on standby. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I said, okay. I said, I, I did the bootleg CDs and I repented. <laughs> I give him the CDs. And then my brother called my mom's on a Thursday night. He said, hey, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to help you with that. He bought this laptop, a Dale laptop, so he can, you know, play his music, whatever. And my brother closed his eyes on a Thursday. And Friday morning, he went home with the Lord. See? So you're here today, and you think you got forever. But your forever could be one week. Your forever could be one day. And my brother closed his eyes. He went home with the Lord. And my mom cried. My mom cried, because you see, one thing is, you can bury your moms and you cry, but your mom buried his son is a different story. See, we, 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 the, you know, we're supposed to bury our moms and our dads, not the other way around. And my mom cried, and I did my brother's funeral, and, and I did my brother's funeral, and my mom said, oh, priest soft, because your witnesses are coming. <laughs> no, I said, I'm gonna preach truth and let the truth chips where they fall. Right? Man, when that funeral started, all the people that were supposed to go to my brother's party, they all came. Butchers, dykes, homosexuals. I mean, the whole place was filled. I mean, with all the, I mean, it makes Sadam and Gamora look like kindergarten. I mean, all the crazy people came. I mean, they all were there. My, and my brother still had his party. Because I preached the gospel. And when you preach the gospel, and the Holy Spirit shows up. The room has to, it, the place is transformed. Transformed.
and the worst people that were sitting there, the tattoos, everything, haircuts, women had haircuts like men. They, when you preach Jesus, 18 people raised their hand. They said, I want that Jesus. You see, they, you see, you see, they weren't coming to church. We are the church. 18 people raised their hand. I want that Jesus you're talking about. And my brother behind me, his coffin, he smiled. He said, Babe. I want 18 souls for my brother that day. 18 souls for my brother that day. You cool? So you could, you could be, today you could be, today you could be in a place, you could be, you could be the blind man in Luke chapter 18, blind man, you could be the blind blind man in the side of the road, in the place of, you could be in a place today right now, sitting inside of the road, spiritually blind, don't know what's going on in your life. You could be sitting in Luke 18, the blind man, and the crowd's coming, and Jesus is walking down your aisle, and you, and you, and you son of David, have mercy on me today. And the funny thing is that the crowd, the multitude was walking and the only voice that he heard. Because there's one way that you can touch God. One voice he heard, son of David, have mercy on me. And you could be the, you could be the blind man on the side of the road, broken, dismantled, despair, molested, molested. Everything, broken marriage, broken everything, broken, practicing other religions, other, other, other things. That, but today you sit on the side of the road, that you, you, the fork of life, don't know where to go. You have no direction. You have no purpose. You're blind. You can't go. And today you can say, son of David, have mercy on me. Today you could be the blind man on the side of the road. Today you could be, you know, it's amazing because the only voice that Jesus heard in the multitude was his voice. Because it's, it's, a, it's a cry that reaches the heart of God. It's amazing, the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood, you could be the woman with the issue, you could be bleeding spiritually. And then you, you, you're putting up an act, you're putting, I'm a, you're putting this act, oh hallelujah, I praise, I'm blessed, but you're broken, you're fragmented, you, look, you cry yourself to sleep. You're bleeding spiritually. And God said, I bring the good Samaritan home. I bring it so he can pull the oils on your womb. And you, and you, and you don't want to come out because you're embarrassed or you got too much pride going on. You know, Pastor, you said something earlier that, that Jesus spit on the floor. They made mud. You heard that from the Father. But you know what? If that's going to give me back my eyesight, put it right here. I don't care how you do it. It's amazing that the guy was blind those days in that time. Everything had to be clean. You know how it is, you know? And you, and the blind man. <laughs> what the blind man was thinking? What, what is, it, is it raining, thundering? <laughs> but when you're blind, you don't care. Put it here. I want to see again. I want to, I want to be right again. I want to be alive again. I want to live again. I want to breathe again. And hey, the woman with the issue of blood, the woman, but you could be bleeding spiritually, fragmented, but you're not telling anybody. Today's your, today's your day. It's amazing. The woman with the issue of blood, she crawled herself to Jesus. Begging her knees, she crawled herself to Jesus. Fragmented, bleeding, broke. Crawled herself to Jesus, to the crowd. How much crowd was around Jesus? See, see, sometimes you got to push through. You got to push through. Sometimes you have to just go the extra mile. She went the extra mile and, and she touched. Sometimes you got to touch them. Sometimes you don't have words. Sometimes you just got to touch them and let them touch you.
Because the woman with the boy, he when, when she touched him, Jesus said, someone touched me. And, and the, the whole thing behind it is the disciples were like, dumb and dumber. Because they were saying, you got so many people around you. What do you mean someone touched you? You see, there's a way to touch God. So you can get your healing. You can get your breakthrough. You can get your life restored back. It, it, it's, it's no shame to my game. When I, when, when I'm, when I, I don't have shame to my game. I come up to Jesus and say, Lord, if you don't touch me today, I don't know if I'll make tomorrow. Lord, if you, if you don't put your hands on me today, I don't care. I don't, I, you know, people say, oh, oh evangelist, I'm married from this. Hogwash. Stupidity. Because the only word God's going to use when you, to, you get to heaven, he's not going to call you apostle, pastor, prophet, pope, whatever. He's going to say, well done, faithful servant. That's the only word that's going to come out of his mouth. Not, not prophet, not evangelist, not bishop, cardinal, pope. People, people love titles. They, they're like junkies. You call someone, hey, what's up, Brother Rob? How you doing? Well, you call me Rob Rob. I'm a pastor. Call me pastor. <laughs> call me pastor. Call me bishop. Today he's a pastor. Today he's a bishop. Tomorrow he's a cardinal. And then he's a pope next week. No anointing. No anointing. No anointing. Just living on titles. I'm a bishop. You only got 10 people in your church. Bishop of what? <laughs> got 10 cats in your church. And you're a bishop. Did you look up the, in the Webster Dictionary what a bishop means? Truth be told, man. At the end of this time, the end, the end of my story, I'm going to wash feet. I'm going to go the extra mile. When I close my eyes for the last time, hell will rejoice because I left the battlefield. The devil is going to go on vacation. Go, I'm glad he left. And when I close my eyes, I will make Jesus Christ proud that he picked me. This is my altar call for you today. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Give Jesus 30 days. Who are you? Where do you want to finish? Where do you want to finish? You know, it's, it's one of the amazing things. I got a high school diploma. It's like having bounty in your house, right? Bounty, toilet paper. But I'm an author of four books. And I said, no, listen to this. I say this to say this. If you let God write your story and you stop taking a pen out of his hands, if you let him write your story, people will read, people will read your story from generations. David Wilkinson turned his TV off and 365 challenge, team challenges around the world. What are you willing to sacrifice tonight for Jesus? What are you willing to bring to the altar for Jesus Christ tonight? 
What a powerful word. At this time, would you allow me to pray with you? Father God, I just thank you so much for my friend on the other side of this screen. I thank you, God, that they chose to tune in and watch this episode, God, because it was not by accident that they heard this word right now at this time in their life, God. You are speaking right into their life, right into their situation, and right into their heart. And I ask you, God, that you would continue to do so and that you continue to show yourself relevant in their life and that they would be able to see how you're moving, how you're changing things, and how you're working things out for their purpose, and that you would continue to draw them closer to you, God. I ask you to bless them and bring them back to our platform again to get more word, and God, even eventually into um, our fellowship, God. We ask that you would bless them and be with them. In your name we pray, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much once again for joining us here on the Wayward Outreach Sermon. We've had a great time here today. If this word changed your life in any way, if it impacted your life in any way, we would ask you to consider partnering with us. How you can do that, click this link right here, right above me, or down in the description box right below. And if you do that, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be saying yes to helping transform somebody else's life. And that is so powerful. So we hope you consider doing that today. We thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next sermon.